Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show for another week. We do have a great, great interview from Miss Maya Dawson this week. Uh, she is the wife of Chris Dawson, a.k.a. DJ Jeremiah, which we also had here on the show, which a lot of people love that interview. Uh, it was very, um, very laid back, very funny. We had a really great time with that interview. So if you haven't heard that, please make sure you check that out. And um, yeah, but this interview was phenomenal. Uh, I want to thank Miss Maya Dawson for taking the time to do it. And a lot of great information here in this episode. So make sure you don't miss any of it because it's a lot of great stuff. But uh, before we get into the interview, I do want to thank the patrons for the show. Mr. Aaron Simpkins over at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Uh, any kind of apparel needs you have, even he's coming out with a fitness line. So even if you're looking for some fitness clothing, to match your true strength in your physical form, then you can head over there and pick something out and um, go ahead and share with you real quick. We are getting ready to wrap up the true strength giveaway. And so all you need to do to enter to win is make sure that you are sharing two episodes of the podcast on social media. Uh, it could be any two. And then you're going to hashtag business with Bordeaux and hashtag true strength apparel. That way we can keep track of it. And pick your two favorite episodes because I really want to know uh, which episodes provided you with what you need and what you like and what you want. Because what I feel like some people may want and need may, might not be what you want and need. So this is your way of giving me some feedback. And I uh, and also want to thank Mr. WordPress Stan over at WPStan.com. He's also a great supporter of the show. And uh, so if you have any questions about WordPress uh, website, Anything like that, make sure you go check it out, uh, WPStand.com. He, he helps people build websites and uh, security, all that kind of stuff. And also go check out a single from a, a brother named Prophet Josiah. Um, make sure you go check that out. Keep It Moving is the name of that. You can uh, make sure you go check it out on YouTube and uh, all the digital retailers out there. So just a quick plug there. And also check out the Solomon's Porch podcast. Uh, if you're not aware, I'm part of another podcast. I don't really uh, promote it too much on this show. I, I don't know why, because I'm a part of it. But anyway, it's not a business podcast. It's just a laid back fun podcast. And, uh, and so me and my brother Sean over there have a great time. So check that out and, and let, let me know what you think. And then one last thing, I am revamping the businesswithbordeaux.com website. Uh, so before the homepage, the landing page was just my blogs, uh, in, you know, chronological order, but now I'm actually changing the website a little bit to where my homepage will actually be small business stories and articles, tips, advice, anything like that, that I find from other sources. And I'm compiling them all on my website because if you go to places like business insider, CNBC, entrepreneur, those different websites, they have a ton of information up there. And a lot of it isn't really relevant to what you might be doing and what, you know, tips that might help you. So I'm trying to combine those into my website. It gives you the link to the article so you can check it out. But yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know what you would want to see on the website because I'm really trying to utilize the efficiency for the users and the listeners of the show and those who follow the blogs and everything. So anyway, um, yeah, all that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview here with Miss Maya Dawson. 
All righty, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank you all for joining me for another interview. This one is more exciting than uh, than the other one I had with her husband. I'm sorry, Chris, I had to do that because I know you're going to listen to it. <laughs> but this week we have the uh, director of A&R with Trackstars Music and the uh, ever-so-loved Miss Maya Dawson. So how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. Thank you <laughs> so you much doing? for taking the time. And uh and I, I do wanna thank uh I do wanna thank DJ Jeremiah openly for, for really talking about how instrumental you were to the whole entire uh project management of Sean David Grant's album Wonder Years. Oh wow. And so, you know, he really, you know, he he I didn't realize how much involved you were in it. Until oh, wow. he really broke it down for me. And so anyway, uh, so I really wanted to get you on here to talk about project management as Absolutely. well as A&R. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks, husband, for the shout out. <laughs> I love working with him. I really do. So and that's another thing I'd love to talk about, too, is how is it working with a... Uh, because everybody knows DJ Jeremiah is, is kind of a goofball sometimes. He is sometimes. He, he's yeah. such a funny guy, and uh, and so this, and, and, you know, I, I love hearing the stories of husband and wives working together because uh-huh. you know that's something that my wife and I want to do down the road as well. Absolutely, so. yeah. It definitely has its challenges, but it's very, very rewarding. It reminds me of why we're married, honestly, because I know our purpose is tied to um, impacting the arts and entertainment industry. That's awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so before we get into all of that, you know, for those who are living in the dark and they don't know who Maya Dawson is, uh, you know, if you would share a little bit about yourself and, uh, and kind of how you got into doing music and you know, managing things in the music industry. Absolutely. Um, well, Maya Dawson, uh, formerly Maya Talbert, if you're ever trying to Google me or something, but, um, I have always been a fan of the performing arts and I've always been a performer in that regard in some way shape or form since I was you know a little girl I remember singing in talent shows you know um, done I've done acting I've done writing I got into spoken word in college um, which is around the time that I met Mr. Sean Tana Sean David Grant and so had been performing in that regard for a while and then actually out of college had the opportunity to work with a um, music label, Destiny Style Records, and um, actually at the time was signed to the label as a member of a recording group, but soon came on staff and started working as an executive admin. So I was kind of able to see both sides of the coin, which has been, you know, good and bad at times. Um, it definitely has its tension or can create some tension, but it um, kind of has positioned me today to be more of an advocate for artists. Um, and so all that to say, I've, I've kind of settled in these days in the role of, um, of artist development, working as director of artist development with Trackstars Music, but also doing some creative consulting overall with my husband. And because I do um, administrative work as well, um, I kind of settled into project management and actually was recent, recently certified in project management. So um, those are kind of the areas that I work in right now, primarily artist development, project management, creative consulting. I still do perform from time to time when called upon, um, but that's one of those things that I kind of have to be nudged out there to do these days a little bit more. So. Right, right. So the project management, so I'm assuming you got certified through the Project Management Institution? 
Yes, PMP mm-hmm. or PMI is the institute, but I have my PMP. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I've heard uh, a lot of my professors were saying anybody in business who was in college or just in business in general, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing to have because a lot of companies are looking for that. Do you do you do you think that's an agreeable statement? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny because I was called a project manager before I was certified in it. So I was like, you know, let me, you know, let me really hone in and kind of get my credentials um, in this area so that I can be taken um, not not only more seriously, but also so that I can um, get the credibility that a lot of, you know, um, CEOs, executives, employers owners are looking for when they're um, seeking out project managers. So, yeah. Right. So what kind of different things goes into project management in a, in general? I know it's, I know it's different for different industries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could, I could definitely go uh, the traditional route with you and kind of talk through specifics of that, but I'll, I'll, I'll speak very generally for now and just look um, as we, and you know, once we hone in on, on um, the artist development piece, talk about how it was applied there. But basically um, project management deals with, um, you're dealing with planning the project, executing the project, evaluating the project. Um, and then of course, before you can plan it, you've got to basically get everything initiated where you can find out what the exact scope of it is. And then once you've executed it and monitored it, then you've got to document it to make sure that you're effective in moving forward. So it's basically seeing a concept through from conception to manifestation and then making sure that you've taken the necessary steps to be able to um, execute it again if you need be or in other areas. So, yeah. Right. And so, you know, if you want to go ahead and jump into the A&R, how does it work in that area? Well, I, I actually, it was, it was cool because I, um, I was certified last year officially. And when, when it came time to really um, map out a plan for um, promoting and marketing um, the Wonder Years project, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to use my project management, <laughs> you know, skills, nice. pull out some of those tools. And so it was really cool because literally we kind of honed in after his um, informal listening session, we honed in and said, okay, what do we want to accomplish with the release of this project? You know, I know Sean was at a place where he, I mean, it literally had been a three plus year um, project for him that he had been working on. So, you know, those peaks and valleys come, you know, where you're excited, you're glad you're doing it, you know, then you're trying to get it done. And I think by this point, he was just kind of like, I just need to release it, you know, and I was like, yes, you do need to release it, but let's make sure that we yield the best results possible. So um, I asked him, I said, you know, what would you would be your two top goals, you know, and one of them was charting, which he did. Yay. He did. Um, That was awesome. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a whole nother testimony in and of itself. But one of them was charting, particularly on iTunes. And then the other one was recouping, recouping what was what had been invested in that project monetarily. Everybody, if you're an artist, you know, projects cost money. (laughs) It's not just something you can say, I want to do and be able to do, you know, pro bono. Um, You know, even if you're doing it yourself, you're paying for equipment, you know, you're you're spending time 
yourself investing in that project. So it takes time and money. And so we wanted to make sure that we put forward a solid effort to try to recoup um, any funds that have been invested in that project as well. So we're still working on that part. We got a big, big boost in that direction, but we are, you know, definitely those were the two goals that we were working with. And so I, based on those two goals, pulled the team together. We did some strategic brainstorming and we talked about um, part of the artist development track that um, Chris and I work together with artists on is helping them to identify their target demo, but also helping them to define specifically who they are as artists. So in that brainstorming session, I presented that information to the focus group that we had pulled together and um, shared with them, you know, who the demo was for this album and what the um, description to this project, if you will, is what how would you describe it, I should say. And basically it was like, how do we get these two people to meet? How do we get this demo, which we call we, we name each demo for each artist. So Sean Sean's demo is called Journeying John. Um, how do we get Journeying John to meet Wonder Years? And so we brainstormed on different um, ideas, different things we could do, you know, um, and based on those, you know, two demos or descriptions. And from that, I put together a um, basically a, a three three month calendar, 12 week calendar, which kind of outlined and plotted out the different ways and, and um, times in which we could incorporate some of those ideas that rose to the forefront of that brainstorming session. And so once that was put together, we worked the plan. Um, I steered it, facilitated meetings to make sure we were on track. Um, if we needed to adjust, we would adjust. And um, you know that kind of took us through the actual release of the album. And so that was in a nutshell what the process looked like. I remember whenever I went to visit the show um, back in, I think it was March, and you had a wall (laughs) in the studio covered in post-it notes, and your husband said it was completely written in like Aramaic to him. He had no idea what it all meant. I know. I know we had to break it down. We had to break it down. I was trying to figure out because after that brainstorming session, we had 10 million different ideas and concepts. And so I was trying to organize them in such a way that it was visual for people. So that was one attempt. We had a couple different attempts to kind of help people see what this three month process um, could look like. But yeah, that was one of them where I was like, okay, we've got to get people to see this, you know, that these weeks are real and this is what we have leading up to this release. You know, how can we use this time wisely? So yes, (laughs) that was an attempt. We did a digital um, um, format of that as well. And then we just did point blank, you know, deadlines by this date, this should be done by that date, this should be done. And, you know, that is probably easiest for people to digest, but at the same time, not every task takes one week. So not only was I reminding people of when things needed to be done by, but okay, because it needs to be done by this date and it's a three or four week process, it needs to start by this date, especially if we're trying to have it done by when we said we needed to have it done. So it was a lot of a lot of trial and error in trying to figure out what would work and what would register with people like these are real tasks that have real deadlines to them. Right. And so what was what did you find was the best method of keeping track of everything? Because 
you know, I definitely, I saw the post-it notes. I, I want to say there was an Instagram shot up on the Trackstars website. Uh, <laughs> there might have been. been. There, there might have been. I, I can't remember, but, you know, you're talking about the different kind of methods and stuff. What did you find was the most effective way and easiest way to really try to keep track of everything? Yeah, I would say this. Um, people are interactive, and so um, they want to be involved, number one. If they're involved and they're taking ownership, then they're going to remember, okay, such and such needs to be done at such and such a time. So a lot of it was keeping people in communication. We had a group me that was set up dedicated solely to the Wonder Years project, um, which we still use. Um, so that was one method. And then um, originally we weren't going to meet every week because I was thinking, okay, we've got to accomplish some of these tasks as well. So, and I didn't want people to burn out, but that really helped people to be in front of people and to be accountable to everyone else to say, okay, we said we're going to have such and such and such done by this date. You know, I know when I see these people, they're going to be asking about it. So we had constant interaction and constant communication and we were um, visibly in front of people. So those were things that helped people to um, stay on task and to get things done by certain times, you know. And I was constantly interjecting, you know, if it wasn't um, through the wall, the massive wall, then it was through me or through one of our um, sessions, you know, in person um, or even via email because some people communicate or respond differently than others. So it was, and that's a part of project management too, trying to figure out what people respond to, you know, even Sean, Sean responds differently to certain things. So I would, there were times where Chris and I would just have to call him and be like, we're having a conference call. I know X and Y and Z, they're working on this, but we need to talk about these three things. And that's how we would tackle it so that we were at least on the same page by the time we came in front of, the group, if that makes sense. So right. it was it was a collaborative effort, and there were a lot of different um, methods that were used. But um, what I did find to be most beneficial was keeping people involved, keeping people engaged. Right. I think it's interesting, um, you know, learning how to communicate with each individual team member, because yeah. you know, if you think about it, it makes sense. Because some people prefer text, some prefer phone calls, some prefer emails. And, uh, and with all the different types of, you know, group communication apps that are available right now, uh, even some people prefer some over others. Yes, uh, absolutely. I know, uh, you know, Sean does not like group. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he does not like group. Call him. <laughs> so, you know, but some people love group me I and, mean, you yes. know, I'm, I'm part of a couple of different groups and different individuals in the groups. They just, they don't seem to mesh well with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's definitely, um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's definitely something that needs to be noted in uh, anybody yeah. who's wanting to do project management. And so what was the, um, what would you say was probably the most, I don't want to say stressful because I know doing, you know, album release is not stressful at all. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You tell me, you tell me. What, what would you say was probably, you know, the the top of the, you know, what could be called stressful part of, of managing a, an album release? Gosh, I would say um, probably one of, and I won't even say stressful, I would say challenging. One of the most challenging um, aspects of planning this um, album release was keeping everybody on the same page, 
number one, which we did talk about briefly. But I would also say, too, keeping the main thing the main thing, because um, there were a lot of great ideas that we came up with. There were a lot of great creative people in the room and even ideas that kind of evolved along the way. And they, you know, they were all um, awesome, awesome ideas. I think at times it became challenging. And when I say keeping the main thing, the main thing, the main thing, which were those two things that I talked about in the beginning, number one, charting, and number two, recouping costs from the album, you know, at times those kind of slipped from the forefront because it was, you know, oh, this is such a great idea and this is going to be so cool when it's done. But I'm like, okay, number one, how much does it cost? <laughs> how much? <laughs> and number two, is it going to contribute, you know, even if it does cost, you know, a lot of money or not a lot of money, is it going to contribute to the overall sales of the album? You know, those were things that we had to keep at the forefront because, you know, a lot of ideas, they're all designed, of course, to support that and lead in the direction of that. But it had to be in proportion with, you know, how much time and money it would take. So if the impact of it in accomplishing those two goals was not going to be that great, then I did not want to spend a lot of time or a lot of money on it. Not to say we couldn't do it. It just couldn't be the main focus. And so that was the challenge, like really making sure that those things all worked in tandem with one another. Another very important point. And I think that's true for anything. Um, I would even say in churches, that's a big yeah. struggle. Yes. It's, it's also in there. Uh, whenever I first got into, you know, uh, putting a leadership role, I had a thousand ideas. Wow. But not all of them met the core focus of mm -hmm. the mission that we had. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I, I figured out, you know, through that process. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's good that, you know, you shared that because, uh, with anything that we do period, whether it's career goals or anything, I think knowing what that core purpose is and, yeah. and what the, the key goals are. So that's, that's great. Did you, um, now with all of this, you know, all these moving parts, did you have uh, some type of like second in command or, you know, the, the helper there who was able to help you kind of take care of some of this stuff? Was there anybody key or was it like a whole team effort that was equally shared? Well, it was definitely a team effort. I mean, I tell people that all the time. It was a collaborative effort. Um, and there were certain people I would lean on for certain things, depending on what that task was, if that makes sense. So especially if it was something relating to artist development or Trackstar's music overall, of course, I deferred always to my husband because that's, you know, his baby. That's his thing, you know. So he definitely held up that end as far as making sure whatever we did stayed in line and in focus with Trackstar's music overall. Um, but I will also say I worked very closely with Sean's wife, Alfie Grant. I mean, of course, behind every great man is a, a great woman or beside every great man is a right. great woman. And Alfie Grant is second to none. She is like stellar, you know. Um, we remind Sean of that all the time. Like, you got a great wife, man. <laughs> so she, I mean, she held it down. And we talked, I honestly want to say I talked to Alfie, if not more, as much as I talked to Sean during this process. Because um, she was kind of like, if I couldn't get information out of Sean in that moment, I'd be like, well, can you follow up with him? You live with the man. Can you, you know? And so we worked very, very closely 
in making sure that things were getting done, you know, um, and that things were staying on schedule, you know, even if there were um, aspects of the meetings or projects that I couldn't be present at, you know, if it wasn't Chris, it was Alfie. I was like, hey, can you facilitate this meeting? This is what we need done. Can you make sure these things are captured, you know, and she would make sure it was done every time. So I would say those two were probably the two that I leaned on the most during this um, process, but it really was a collaborative effort. I mean, down to venues that we had certain events at, you know, one person would suggest it, another person would reach out to the contact, another person would make sure, you know, like it was just all a real team effort and I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. I know whenever I was there, it seemed like during the conversation, cause you know, I, I just kind of sat back because I wasn't part of uh, that, you know, that committee uh, team and so I was kind of sitting back and watching because I wanted to try to learn as much as possible uh, mm. aside you know from that you were kind of running the show uh, that was the first thing I learned <laughs> in a good way it was a good way though because okay. you were on point you were keeping everything lined up and focused and you were you know again with the focus of the whole entire project mm -hmm. but I did want to say real quick that I remember specifically uh, y'all were discussing music videos and not to release whether or not one's going to be done or anything. But mm -hmm. I remember Alfie, she asked a very important question, which is what's the ROI, the return on investment in a music video. Yes. And so again, you know, having that focus on getting your return on your investment, that was one of the key questions that I heard. And I was like, and then I got to thinking about it myself. So yeah. It had it's me curious. It's a great question. It is. And honestly, too, even, and this is one thing that I learned during this process, but I'm still learning. I mean, the, the landscape for the music industry is constantly evolving, you know, especially with this day and age of social media and YouTube and just the fact that anybody can release music into the mainstream, into the culture. And so because it's, because music is more accessible, it really becomes more so about the quality of what people are putting out there, but also making sure that you're pointing the masses to whatever's being put out there. Because, you know, I mean, we're saturated, we're inundated with stuff all the time. It's just a matter of what you choose to pay attention to. And when you choose to pay attention to something, it should be good, like it should be quality. And so um, those are the two things that we, you know, we're really trying to hone in on to make sure that people um, pay attention to what we're putting out there and that whatever we put out there is quality. But to answer your question, um, with that being said, the return on investment for releasing a video, it's kind of shifting these days. You know, it's almost one of those conversations where you're like, should I do it? Is it worth investing in? Should I not invest in it? But I will, I will speak from a traditional and then kind of go with a little bit with how things have evolved. But um, I would say traditionally, videos have always um, provided an opportunity for people to know who the artist is, but also for the artist to be introduced on platforms that aren't necessarily focused on just audio. Um, I'll use the group that I was in, in for it as an example. Um, we did two, we released two music videos for one project that we had um, um, national distribution through and actually got to the point where we were getting airplay and rotation for it on um, 
at the time it was called BET. Well, I think it is still called BET Gospel now. Um, but on BET Gospel, and at the time it was called the Gospel Music Channel. Now it's called Up Television. But they were showing um, videos at the time. And so that exposure opened the door for us as far as performances are concerned and not just from a local stance. I mean, we traveled internationally, we traveled nationally. And so um, that, of course, performing to this day is an artist bread and butter. A lot of people think, okay, I sold X amount of albums or X amount of CDs or singles or whatever. I mean, that's great. It does yield some type of profit, but usually a cut of that is being, you know, taken, you know, to a variety of entities, a variety of people. But performance is typically the majority of that goes directly to the artist and it's the quickest, easiest way to generate revenue. That still is true today. That's why you have Beyonce who has been doing a tour every single year for the last 15 years, you know. Right. Um, that's where performance, merchandise, all of that is where an artist gets their bread and butter. So the more exposure you can get as an artist, the better. So that's the potential, or I should say the overall ROI as far as a video is concerned. It opens up your platform for exposure to a much broader audience, um, which is not only national, but international. Gotcha. So awareness. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I think that's another important thing too, to add on there is knowing, uh, I think for different artists at different levels of, you know, I don't want to say notoriety or fame, but mm -hmm. I think some artists are focused so much on just trying to make as much quick money as possible mm -hmm. uh, instead of trying to spread that awareness. Yes. And so, you know, when it comes to a music video, it's, it's probably different for certain people. For some people, it's just about awareness, trying to get mm -hmm. people to realize who you are making music. Mm -hmm. And for other people, you know, they are trying to lead to album sales uh, even mm -hmm. more so. Yeah. Absolutely. And they can work in tandem. They should, but they don't always because artists don't always think about the big picture. They're just trying to get their music out there, get their video video out there without realizing, hey, if these are connected, it'll kind of almost be like a domino effect where you'll be able to yield both notoriety and album sales, you know, so. All right. Yeah. And, um, you know, very important, <laughs> you know, and, and again, even with the music video, going back to the main focus and the goal of the mm -hmm. whole entire project. And so I feel like it all goes back to that, which it should. It should. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to hit some general things. Uh, I, I feel like we've, we've kind of covered uh, Sean David Grant's one year's album. Um, mm -hmm. But in general for artists, what are some good, uh, first of all, what does A&R stand for for those who might not know? Artist and repertoire, which is basically their catalog, their music. Okay. Uh, repertoire is a pretty, uh, it's, it's an aged word now, maybe. I know. <laughs> Do you think that's going to, you think that title is going to change at some point soon? You know, honestly, if I'm, if I'm honest, I think the position itself um, is, I won't say the position is archaic, but the position itself is not as esteemed, if you will, as it was in years past. Um, I think I think A and R is kind of a lost art form, if that makes sense, mm. um, because nowadays everything is DIY, you know, and so do it yourself. So a lot of people don't necessarily feel the need for um, working on their craft. 
I have a, a great friend who's also an artist, um, and she always says, you know, that it's one thing to have a gift, but it's another thing to have a craft. And right now, we live in a day and age where a lot of people are showcasing their gifts, but very few have invested in it becoming a craft. And that's where A&R comes in. Right, right. It makes sense. Do you think the the changing of the A&R kind of position or job, do you think that's due in part to people being able to get their stuff out there more without labels? Because I feel like that's kind of a label position, like something Absolutely. you would have at a label. Yes. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it basically points to the fact that a lot of large labels, they're, they're, you know, there are maybe a handful, but now we live in the day and age of independent labels, you know, and most independent labels are independent. I won't even say independent labels, independent artists. That's the day and age we live in. I mean, you got Chance the Rapper who he touts all day long. I'm not signing to anybody, but you're hearing my music on the radio. That's the day and age we live in. And which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But it places the onus of, of A&R on the artist. And every person needs a second eye, a second ear, you know, somebody that can look at what they're putting out there and make sure that it competes not just sonically or lyrically, but presentation wise, like how you engage the culture, you know, not even just stage presence, but how you're interacting with people, you know, when you're being interviewed, when you're on the road, all of that matters. And I think um, it's kind of gone to the wayside until, of course, you know, something negative happens where somebody's, you know, popping off at the paparazzi or um, or tweeting somebody crazy, you know, yeah. then, then A&R matters, but we right, don't right. realize all of that is a part of A&R. Gotcha. Did, does the A&R kind of sort of work as a, 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 a publicist in a way or you know, yeah. public relations? We work in tandem. Like I, I know Miracle, and a lot of people who know with Track Stars, they, they know Miracle. Miracle is actually director of A and R for Track Stars. She and I worked very closely as well um, in leading up to this project, um, the release of the project. So they work closely together, but they're not one in the same. I mean, I know I've, I've been a part of situations where they kind of function as one in the same, but right. ideally, you need someone that's solely focused on that. So is she a director of public relations? She's, I'm sorry, she's, yeah, she's director okay. of PR. I said okay. AR, did I? Yeah, you she's did. director of PR. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. So she and I worked very closely. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool deal. So, you know, are, are, what would be some, some recommendations or some, just some pointers that you would give some of these artists who are, who are coming up from an A&R perspective, uh, kind of what you've learned, uh, just, you know, Anything you feel like you're seeing right now that, that you want to address? I would say um, take the necessary time to define who you are as an artist. Um, by no means does that mean putting yourself in a box, but it means you want to make sure that you have certain bullet points, if you will. Like when people are asking you what type of artist you are, how would you define your music? You want to make sure that you have those key words on deck and that you're consistent, that's my second thing, with whatever it is that you're putting out there. If it's in writing, if it's via social media, if it's in interviews, if it's in your music, you want to make sure that you're consistent. And this kind of actually spills over in branding, which does overlap with PR, but you want to make sure that, um, that there's clarity 
when people um, hear about you and see you as an artist, that they know who you are, they know what you stand for, um, and then also that you are clear in who you're called to reach, because not everybody's called to reach everybody. You know, that's that whole battle that's going on in CHH now, yeah. where it's like, should we reach the unchurched or should we hone in and disciple the church? And it's like, okay, we're supposed to do both. You just got to figure out what you're called to do, you know? So I'm no, sure no pun intended on the reach, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> just know, just know who you're called to. Right. So that's, and, and I think, you know, whenever I hear, uh, when I hear some independent artists uh, that send music in, uh, I'll go and kind of check their catalog a little bit. And mm -hmm. sometimes it is kind of hard to figure out, you know, who is this person? And, um, and so I, I know what you mean because I don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Like if they were to release something next week or they were trying to promote something, I wouldn't know what I'm looking for. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and I think with, you know, Sean, if he releases something, we kind of know what he's about because his album was consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and even the way he is on the show matches his music. Yes. Like he doesn't have two personalities where he's one type of person on the show or, you know, whether it's on Periscope or anything like that. And then the album's completely different. They all mesh together. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because when we were describing Journeying John to the focus group, his wife Alfie was like, so basically Journeying John is Sean, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. in this case, you can say that. In this case. So, you know, you're right, you know, but even in just the dynamics between his album and um, Rick Sincere's album, you see that they have two different demos, you know, and that's great. That's the beauty of you know the a and r process of project management is because you we're, we're going to take similar steps and we're going to um use similar tools and and go through similar processes but it, the journey looks completely different because of those components right yeah that's important that target uh i think the target audience to me would be definitely one of the next biggest things aside from the goals in general mm -hmm. is because if you don't know who you were making a crack, especially if you're a creative, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're making a physical product, you still kind of need to know the target market. But yeah. if you're a creative of any kind, you have to know what they like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that needs to be at the forefront because even with the greatest ideas, it has to all kind of run through that filter where it's like, is this, are we doing this because this person, this demo will appreciate that and be attracted to it? Or are we just doing it because we think it's a cool idea? Or are we doing it just because we like it? Are we the demo? You know what I mean? Like you right. have to constantly have that objective perspective and just be reminded um, so that you can keep the main thing, the main thing. Now, one more question. I've noticed a lot of people well, I don't know if I've, I haven't seen it as much as I've heard it, but a lot of people will say, I'm just going to do what I like doing and I'm just doing it for me. Can, can that work? That's a whole, gosh, that's a whole nother conversation that I've had with artists as well. And, okay. and I kind of put them in two different categories um, because every artist has this aspect of them where they are make where they want to make art for art's sake. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but the question becomes, do you, do you expect to turn a profit? Are you trying to do this for a living? If you are, that's great. If you're not, that's great. But that question has to be answered because if you're trying to do art for art's sake 
and you want to earn a living at it, there's going to be some tension. There's just going to be. And you're going to have to choose, make some choices. I won't say you're going to have to choose between the two, but you're going to have to make some choices along the way as to how much you're going to cater to one more than the other. I'm not saying sell your soul to the devil. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying (laughs) that there's a strategy behind earning a living as a recording artist versus just making art for art's sake. Right. I agree. And um, and that's kind of what I feel like those who are just doing something because they enjoy doing it to me is more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's fine because you're not depending on a return on investment, as we exactly. talked about earlier. And in that case, it's completely fine. But, you know, one thing that I, you know, I try to point out to people whenever they, they, they think about the idea of chase your dreams. Yeah. If nobody finds your dreams valuable, you're not going to make a living off of it. Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge, uh, I think, uh, not that, you know, chasing your, your dreams, if it's God's calling on your life, mm-hmm. it's a whole other conversation there. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, doing something just because you enjoy doing it and expecting people to buy it because you like doing it is yeah. that, it's not reality. At all. At all. So uh, I'm definitely glad you, you mentioned that as well. Now, one of the biggest things that I'm really curious about and um and i thought about it in a funny way but you know what is it like to work with your husband and not just not just your husband specifically yeah because you know that's everybody's, a whole other story too <laughs> everybody's husband everybody's wife is different uh, yeah. we, we all fit together differently there's some you know husband and wife teams that are more similar to each other and then mm-hmm. there's some that were complete opposites. So yeah. Um, so what was it like, or what is it like working with with you know DJ Jeremiah in these uh, on these projects? And <laughs> I, and I, that I, and and do you take it home with you, or do you kind of try to cur- you know carve out? I some? know it's hard. It's really really hard because I I um I get ideas at at interesting times, and sometimes I'll have an outburst and just be like, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And he's looking at me like, what is for dinner? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, you do have to be mindful of that. I would say for us, um, we, I mean, we don't have like stark rules, like we're not talking about business after 5 p.m. I mean, we don't have that. But we are very cognizant and, and communicative with one another where if if we're if we're having a moment where we're chilling out, we're chilling out and we're not talking about track stars. We're not talking about anything we're working on. We're we're having family time, you know, and that's kind of what that's kind of relegated to like um, I, every couple should have a date night or a date day, whatever you want to call it. You know, um, that's during those times it's already kind of understood we're honing in on just us as husband and wife as a family you know um your sabbath that should be kind of an underlying theme as well we're focusing on our family you know that's it but outside of that i mean unless we're just really tied up or or really stressed out we'll communicate okay i need a minute but outside of that it's usually fair game to just kind of kick around different thoughts and ideas that's actually how we have some of our best conversations because um we're just freely conversing with one another and it's in those moments that we can kind of map out and prepare and plan whatever it is you know that we're working on so yeah, right. but I would say protect those times, protect your date night, protect your Sabbath, because you want to make sure that the lines don't blur too much. 
Right. That's good advice. And that's, you know, I, I think whenever you're so passionate about something, it's hard, even if you're both passionate about the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, it is hard not to talk about it. But, you know, it sometimes you just, you know, you have to go with that passion for each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and change your focus on that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Completely un, unrelated to business in any way, shape, or form. How is it with DJ Jeremiah? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody's favorite DJ. I know. He, he's the best DJ, too. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, I mean, I love, I love my husband's ear for music. And, and what I love about it is that it's very eclectic, very versatile. I mean, if you listen to his playlist, first of all, he'll give you a play, playlist for any genre that you think of. Like, literally, he'll pull something out of, out of the sky for it. So that's a great thing. But um, the cool thing about working with Jeremiah is, I mean, of course, he, he's crazy. He's very funny. He keeps everything um, light. He doesn't take himself too seriously, so he won't let you take things too seriously. And that's what I love about him because I'm the type of person, I when I go in, I go in and I go hard. Like, we're going to get this done, whatever it takes to get it done. If we need to sleep at the studio all weekend, we're getting it done. Like, that's <laughs> how I am. And right. he's the one like, whoa, babe, come on back. Come on back. Reeling me in. So I think that's a great balance for us. Or even when I'm super frustrated about something or being like super just like honed in on something, he'll burst out in laughter. And it used to like really tick me off. Like, how could you be laughing, you know, during this serious moment? But it just reminds me like, hey, stop. Don't take yourself so seriously. Like, really. Don't. Right. Yeah, that's well, what it's like working with Jeremiah. <laughs> I can imagine, it, you know, I, you know, it's just, you know, he's one of the, the, and like you said, he's very light, kind yeah. of in the way he approaches yes. things. So anyway, um, well, we really appreciate you you sharing all of these tips, and uh, and it, myself, I'm actually uh, thinking about getting ready to do the project management certification myself. Yeah. Let me so, know how it goes. I'm, I'm working on that. And uh, so do you have any tips for me or anybody else who might be jumping into that? I mean, I, is it like a class program? How does how, it kind of laid out? There's well, um, there's it does require a certain amount of, of educational um, requirements. So you could take those classes anywhere, though. You know, you could take them at your local university or school. You could take them online, you know, um, but that that requirement is there. Of course, there's a certain amount of experience that they want you to to log and document. Um, But the test itself is about a four-hour exam, and there are courses that you can take to help you prep for that. Um, You know, there are books that you can purchase um, to help you prep for that as well. Um, And so I would recommend there was a book that I used, and it was by, I cannot remember her last name, like Rita Maldorf, I believe. Um, but she's a great, great um, person as far as PMP certification is concerned. Any of her resources, I would recommend you looking at. Um, but yeah, if you feel like you need to take a class preparation, do that. Um, I kind of just hunkered down with that with one of her books, really took a practice test at the beginning, researched every area, studied every chapter in between, took a practice test or, you know, multiple at the end, right before it was time to take the exam. Um, But, you know, everybody's learning style is a little different. But I would say give yourself, I would say at least, 
eight weeks to prepare for the exam. And this is after you've taken the classes and fulfilled all your requirements, you know, give yourself a decent amount of time, you know, to prepare for it. Number one, you're paying money. You want your money to be well spent, but you also don't want to cram for it because it is a lot of information. Right. Well, glad you shared that because uh, I'm going to have to look that book up. And what I'll probably do is I'll probably uh, put the book up on the website on uh, businesswithbordeaux.com. Good. I'll um, give you the correct spelling, too. <laughs> okay. That'll work. So if you send me that, I'll post it up there so uh, so we can all check it out because I'm definitely going to check it out because that's probably my next big, uh, I'd say, educational goal. But okay. I feel like it's more of a career goal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. for sure. Anyway, where can people uh, find Miss Maya Dawson if they want to um, reach you anywhere? Oh, absolutely. Well, you can find me a couple places. Um, first of all, let me say my husband is, is more on social media than I am, but that has been my challenge for 2017 to be more <laughs> active. So I can say I'm officially on Instagram now. I was not for the longest, um, but um, you can find me on Facebook, Maya Dawson. You can find me on Twitter, Maya J.T. Dawson. That's J is in John, T is in Tom Dawson. Um, you can also find me on IG at Maya J.T. Dawson um, as well. Or you can email me. Um, you can email me at maya.dawson at trackstars.com. Or you can email me at mayajtdawson at gmail.com. All righty. Y'all heard that, so make sure you check her out. I don't know if I'm following you on Twitter myself. I didn't know you were I, on there. I know. I think, am I following you? I think I'm following you, though. Yeah. I'm, I know we're friends on Facebook. We are, yes. We are. And, <laughs> all, and we're friends off of Facebook as well. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It was, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The director of A&R and, uh, and a project management uh, beast, if I say. <laughs> and that, that's a good term. I, I got you. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, and uh, and I'm sure you know. I'm sure DJ Jeremiah appreciates you not sharing any uh, bad, juicy information about him. So you can uh, inbox me for that stuff. No, just kidding. Yes, just yes. Kidding. We'll put that up on the website too. Yeah, she'll send all that good stuff, some pictures and all that. And uh, nah. Anyway, but no, seriously though, we do. I, I appreciate you being on here. Um, and you know, not that it's a, a huge. Uh, thing really, but you are uh, you're the second lady I've had on the show. Oh wow! So, and I'd you. say you have been one of the most informative people on the show as well. Thank so, you. Um, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate uh, you know appreciate you taking the time out of. I'm sure you have a busy schedule, and um, and I just want to say that uh, I know a lot of people might not be aware of it, but I'm not sharing something that they don't know because on track stars. Mm -hmm. You know, you've had your, your struggles through your fight yes. with cancer and stuff. So we are, we're super excited that you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you all so much. And to be honest, I was going to say that that kind of helped me stay focused. I studied for the PMP exam while I was in recovery because I was like, I need something to focus on, you know. So, yes, that helped a lot. And, you know, staying plugged into the Wonder Years Project, all of those things just reminded me I have something to live for. I have a purpose outside of this. So thank you all for your prayers, your continued prayers and support, because I, I definitely need them. We definitely need them. Thank you. <laughs> well, they are coming from the Business with Border audience. And, uh, and again, ladies and gentlemen, Maya Dawson, follow her on all the uh, social media platforms that she gave you and make sure you hit her up and let her know how much y'all appreciate her sharing uh, this information. 
So anyway, until next time, uh, we will be back with the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Alrighty, that was the interview with Miss Maya Dawson from Trackstars Music, uh, project manager, and also A and R director of A and R. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Maya. Thank you so much again for being on the show and sharing so much valuable information. Uh, if y'all have any other questions for, make sure you hit her up on social media, email, anything like that. I'm sure she'd be uh, pleased to respond to your uh, questions. So anyway, uh, before we go, I do want to remind you all of the True Strength giveaway. So all you have to do to enter to win is share two of your favorite Business with Bordeaux podcasts. Some people have already done it, so we already have some people that is in the uh, the chance to win the shirt. And so, and you're going to win a shirt from truestrengthapparel.com. So you can head over there, check out all the different gear he has, and uh, and just go ahead and have the shirt in mind that you want because if you win. I'm going to order it for you and we're going to ship it your way. And so completely free to you. No, no shipping, no, none of that stuff. Uh, I'm taking care of all of that. Me and Mr. Aaron Simpkins at true strength apparel. So make sure you enter to win that. Uh, right now the deadline is June 1st. And so make sure you get it done ASAP. And when you share the episodes, make sure you hashtag, uh, business with Bordeaux and hashtag true strength apparel. That way we're able to track who it is that enters to win. And also shout out to uh, Mr. WordPress Stan over at WPStan.com. Uh, any kind of questions you have about WordPress, uh, I have a ton of myself still. I don't have a WordPress site at this point, but I do know it's one of the best and free ways to create a website. So having somebody to give you a hand through that process is really important to make sure your website is uh, utilized and, and you know you, you maximize the efficiency, uh, tagging it, make sure SEO is done properly, all of that kind of stuff. You need to make sure you know what you're doing. So anyway, hit him up at WPStand.com so he can give you a hand with that. Or if you have any questions, make sure you hit him up. And I also want to thank uh, my brother, Sean, David Grant for some wonderful music. Make sure you go get the Warner Years Project. Uh, it's on Spotify. You can listen to it there. You can buy it. And, uh, you know, I just want to give that shout out because Sean Grant is a great dude. And I appreciate what he does for, uh, you know, just the Christian culture and the media entertainment culture in general. So... Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it. Don't forget to head over to uh, businesswithbordeaux.com. Check out the new website. Uh, I'm kind of adding some stuff to it as we go, trying to keep it simple, easy to use. I'd love your feedback on that, as well as feedback on the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed on iTunes yet, make sure you do that. And if you can, leave a review. I'd really appreciate it so I know how I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to hit the top. 200 chart on iTunes. I understand that, but that doesn't mean I don't want your input. You know, I don't want you to leave a review just so I can rank higher. I want your review so I know how well I'm doing and I know how I can better fit your needs and your desires. So all that said out of the way, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a supporter of the show. Uh, you know, if you want to support the show on Patreon, you could do that. Just head over to the website, businesswithaborto.com, and you can do so from there. So anyway, that's it. Enough promo, enough updates and all that. We will see you back next week where we're going to have another great interview. So thanks and God bless.